0: Talkzone.com. Now
1: And we do welcome you to the TalkZone.com on a beautiful snowy Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago where this outstanding program emanates from. It's the coach and JB bringing it at you. Two guys and a mic. TalkZone.com. Thank you for joining us. We got a a championship game tonight. Jordan Birdfield. I don't know how many people are talking about it. I don't know how many people are excited about it. For many, college football in the rear view mirror, but nevertheless... A championship game at stake
0: tonight. Oh yeah, it's going to be a great game. And I think that when you have a game quite like this, where you have two storied college football programs, two, exactly. You got Keith Jackson not on the mic tonight. That would be great. But we do have Brent Musburger, which is about the closest thing mm-hmm. you could get to Keith Jackson. You've got two storied coaches. Two, you know, very highly well-known players in terms going of Colt to a, McCoy against Mark Ingram. I'm going to a bar
1: tonight, by the way, that has a Keith Jackson impersonation contest. <laughs> There'll be like 36 Keith Jackson look-alike sound-alikes there. Oh, well, you know what? I'd think... like a hamburger. I'd like a hamburger with a fries and a rumbling, bumbling, stumbling glass of Diet Coke if I could.
0: Well, you know what? I would also love if they had some Musburger uh, sound-alikes, too. Touchdown, Michigan, and Brent's buying himself a new BMW when the Wolverines cover after We are morning. live
1: from Joe's Crab House <laughs> yeah. on State
0: Street in Chicago. Sh- You're looking live. Yeah, you are Joe- looking live at Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> I love Brent Where love I them. have earned a lot of money on illegal I- bets during games. <laughs> and tonight I'm going to be dining in the highest of class that I possibly can.
1: Uh, by the way, I'm reading a book right now written by uh, Chet copic it was sent to us fat uh, guys sir shouldn't be dancing yeah, half yeah it's outstanding is it good by the way it's a great way to save money you, you're in this business sir and the radio show we used to do everybody wants to promo their book and wants you to promo it for them so they send you all these books 90 of them i don't throw away.
0: it's the coup de grace of books it's the greatest book you could possibly have it is the monster yeah. of all books read my book fat guy shouldn't be dancing at have to if that's sounds copy uh-huh.
1: And you're not. If that yeah. sounds a little bit like Howard Cosell, Chet Coppock might be the modern-day version of Howard <laughs> Cosell. But uh, it's yeah. great because we get all these books sent to us. Yeah. And, again, 90% of them I don't read. Most of them I will give it away to uh, a, a charitable cause a few times. I'll just stop in the library, bring, like, about 15 books that have accumulated up and give it to them. And I very hope nice. that they dispose of it uh, very well. But, you know, some of the books, and the Chet Kopic one is outstanding. You get a lot of self-help and motivation books, though, sent to us. <laughs>
0: I wonder why that is.
1: For the people that have been listening the last six weeks, those are some of the books, uh, quite obviously, that I haven't read.
0: Well, you you should have been reading them, given that you were on the psychological leave for the last few weeks, and that's why you weren't hosting the show. I had plenty of time to read, read a couple of outstanding books. None of them were the motivational self-help books. Really? Because I figure that you and Hurley were sitting in your little you know, Nut Farm, mm-hmm. out in L.A., Yep, and you guys were wearing your robes, mm-hmm. and you guys were talking to... I've been to, told I
1: look good in white, by the way.
0: You're, yes, you do, and you, you were talking to various dead characters in Lost for the last couple of weeks, <laughs> like Charlie probably made an appearance, and some of the other dead characters yeah. on Lost.
1: I'm a long-time Lost fan, and I told you on the last show, those people that don't not watch Lost are uh, completely lost. In this conversation, hit TV show coming back in a couple of weeks of February. It's
0: funny that you say that, too, because two of my best friends have started to get into Lost, uh-huh. and they're now watching Lost. And since I've seen all the episodes to date, I've been talking to them as they go through each season. Mm-hmm. And they've had the same sentiment that you have had, which is that first couple seasons, love the show, third season, like the show, fourth season yeah. this is weird fifth season i don't know what the hell is going on yeah. but they still enjoy the show they're still watching the show i'm like you who bailed on the show there there's a uniqueness to it it's a case of a
1: producer director whoever writes whoever comes up with the ideas for the show he outthought himself like in sports terms you got a team that's much better than the other team and you can easily win the game but you're you know all week long you're devising all these trick plays and all these other things and it turns out you barely win by like 2 points where if you just went with your basic game plan, tackle, block, you're bigger, you're stronger, you're quicker, you're faster, you beat the other team by 21 points. They had a great show, with great actors on a unique story on an island. They didn't, and there was a little bizarreness in the beginning, but they got so bizarre. I don't know if the writer wanted to like prove to everybody how creative he could be. He outthought himself, and to me, and obviously to your two friends who I haven't met. Uh, it, it definitely diminished the enjoyment of the show.
0: I, I still enjoy it, but uh, you know, I, I like the fact that it's a challenge and that I have to try to figure it out. And mm-hmm. segueing back into the sports, I do think Wait, that... Hold on, uh, before, you,
1: before you segue, producer David Olson has a, a quick comment. Okay.
0: It did get weird, but it got weird with a purpose because midway through the third season, they decided they're going to end it Three seasons from now, yeah, they devised the ending, yes. and they've been building to that all along, yeah, right. So, See, but that's, that's what they've been promising. It's like, oh yeah, all that weird stuff, everything's
1: going to be explained.
0: Yeah, I understand, David understand that makes that, that, a great point. It, here.
1: Well, uh, no, he because doesn't.
0: that's yes, because the, the, <laughs> everything that we knew in Lost in yeah. the first few seasons is all unraveling slowly. I mean, granted, we wish it would. Come out faster, and I don't know what the hell is going to happen in season six after the way season five ended. Not to spoil it for anybody that may not have seen that yet, but I think that in Lost, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of truths that we thought we knew in the first three seasons that are all starting to get answered each and every episode that is continued. And I think that David's right in the in the sense that they know where it's going to end. Mm-hmm. They have tried to take us on this very zigzag journey to figure out all the different pieces out of order so that it will all eventually come yeah. into place. At so the you're, end you're, of the you're
1: telling me at some point we're going to find out what that black cloud was in the first year. Yes, I do. Okay, I I've been waiting like out. four years to find out. The smoke monsters and those is a animals or whatever those things were—the wild boars running through the forest. The boars and then the polar we're gonna, bears. We're going to and... find out about them.
0: Yeah, we already found out about the polar bears. Right, right. we, we know we know about the polar bears. Now. What was the polar bear? The Dharma Initiative was doing experiments with them, and when they got wiped out, they were released into the jungle. Ladies and gentlemen, you're TV critics here on Two Guys and a Mike. On a night when the BCS championship is tonight, we're discussing Lost, which comes back in three weeks. But that's one of the great things about Two Guys and a Mike. We Mm -hmm. have no format. We can talk about whatever we want to talk
1: about. It is absolutely beautiful. That's a great way of saying we're totally unprepared for the show. (laughs) (laughs) But we do agree on one thing. If you're going to be locked on an island or by yourself or in psychological leave like I was, if you're going to pick one guy. From uh, Lost, it would be Hurley.
0: Yeah, but if see if I if I could be locked with anybody on the show Uh-oh. on the island, like it was just gonna be me and them, and we were just gonna live on the island mm-hmm. for all eternity. Kate, that's oh. who I want. Wow, I want Kate. Wow, she is. I don't know about eternity, but uh, you know, Lost for say six or seven years. Well, besides the fact that her character, well, in, in Lost you can you can move in and out of time, so it's irrelevant. You yes, know, I could leave and come back and whatever. You know, but. Kate is, besides the fact that her character is a murder, criminal, con, whatever. Yeah, we can look past it. Right. That. I can look past it. She's gorgeous. I mean, every yeah. scene of Don't her. Don't get stuck up on details. She's gorgeous. Yeah. I, I, me and Kate, we'd be fine. Yeah. We, we would be, we'd have a happy yeah. life together. It's amazing
1: how they all continue to look so well on the island without uh, any food. Yes, and it's makeup, amazing how Hurley doesn't get
0: skinnier, considering he's been <laughs> on a deserted <laughs> island for years now.
1: All right. Still now that, that we covered the... The yeah. TV series coming up in February, 888-463-6748, our phone number here, mike 2 guys com. If you want to email us, I interrupted you, I deeply, deeply apologize. We do have a national championship game, the Crimson Tide, taking on the Longhorn tonight. My initial premise, sadly, not that many people, including, sadly, again, myself, a huge college football fan, not that excited, but you said many
0: are. Well, you know what? I, I don't think that many people are excited about it, but I do think that there, are, you know, it. you know what the biggest problem with it is, Coach? It's that it's too far after the regular season is over. And every year yes. we go through the same thing. This bowl season, which you like because you think all these games matter to the kids and whatever, that's fine. But these games take way too long to materialize. I mean, what what to, what is today's date? January seventh, January eighth. We're still we still haven't finished college football yep. when the majority of the teams that played were done mm-hmm. the first week of December. I mean, it's after a month of waiting. Yep. It's enough already. You it's just me- like get the damn games over with. And to be honest with you, what I would say is that. After the regular season ended, after these, these conference championship games that determine all the bowls and so on and so forth, they should have the entire season over before the first of January. You want to still have the games on, on New Year's Day because it's a tradition, fine. But after New Year's Day, it mm-hmm. should be over. No more of this crap. It's just, it's too much. It takes way too long to get yeah,
1: done. I completely agree with you. I think you play Alabama and Texas on December 18th.
0: About huge a week reddit. or two
1: after the regular season has ended, you got some preview time, time to get excited. You know, I'm DVRing, I'm taping when I leave home tonight, like I do for all the sports games I want to watch. When I left today, I thought about it. You know, I'll be home tonight, I'll probably watch it, but it wasn't like must-see TV. And I'm a huge college football fan, and we're talking about the national championship game. Two-story programs, two undefeated teams. How can you not be excited about that game, but I'm not.
0: Right, it just it's the timing of it is poor. The timing of it is poor and it's getting worse because I mean yesterday they had the freaking GMAC bowl on mm-hmm. last night. Why that game hasn't been played 3 weeks ago. I don't understand because I don't know who other than people who went to Troy are fascinated with the Men of Troy or people that enjoy Chippewas of Central Michigan. Would have watched that game last night. So it's just, we've become inundated with these dumb bowl games. And, and like I've said, I don't like the bowl games. I'd rather have a playoff system. I think it'd be better. You can keep the bowl games for the people that, that want to keep bowl games and just have them be what they, what they are, which is, which is what you and I disagree with, but meaningless college football games. Mm -hmm. Keep them, but have a tournament so that it revives the interest and play the tournament and be done with it. No later. Then January 1st. You want December to be your big college football month? Fine. But what college basketball does so well is they capitalize on the month of March and they make that month their month. This is our month. It's going to be our time. And college football, as they continue to drag it out, is now competing with college or is co- competing with the NFL playoffs. It's competing with all these other sports that are going on at the same time, and they they just need to stop with this long, you know, overdrawn thing mm-hmm. and get the things over with because it would create more interest. By the way, uh, coming up next week, and David Olson, our producer,
1: is going to put some musical accompaniment to it. We will uh, probably, with the big dog, Joel Redwansky, next week sometime. Joel is coming in. Have a huh? Is Joel going to come in? Well, you say that with a question mark. Absolutely. The big dog is back. He was uh, brilliant on Wednesday's show. But we are going to have a uh, a look back, a recap, an ode to the many, many bowl games of 2009-10. We'll start with whatever it was, the Poinsettia Bowl. We'll finish with the NCAA Championship. The highlights. Is there going to be a the long... The memories. Oh, the memories. <laughs> I'm sorry, the memories of the great bowl games. We'll do that next week.
0: Is there going to be a long tribute to the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl?
1: Well, I don't know about long, but I think uh, the Little Caesars Bowl will certainly get its just
0: due rewards. What about the Meineke Car Care Bowl? Absolutely. Great moments in Meineke Car Bowl history will be part of the segment. <laughs> Remember when Illinois played in the MicronPC.com bowl? What was that like six or seven years ago? Yeah. They played in the MicronPC.com bowl. Now you, Mr. Bull, why don't you try to make a case for why anybody would care about Illinois playing in the MicronPC.com bowl? Before, I mean, are you a big fan of MicronPC.com?
1: Before I make that case, let me just say, here's how bad Illinois football has become. The last, I think the last five games... They would kill to play in the MicronPC.com ball right every now. Every bowl game they're in, whoever sponsors it, that company like folds two years later. That's
0: <laughs> true. It's unbelievable. I know. Yeah. Whatever happened to MicronPC.com? Do they still exist? I don't know. I never figured out how to work it, so, you know. Well, yeah, because when you what – what I've said before, and I'll say it again, Coach has the most unique way of accessing the Internet, other, more than anyone else that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Instead of using the address bar at the top of the screen, which is what 99.9% of people use to type in bar. a website and then hit go. That's what I use. No, you go to Google. And then no. you type the website into no. the Google search, and then when the Google search comes up, you then decide yeah. that you're going to choose the actual website's link no. from Google. You would be incorrect. I would not wrong be. wrong again. Buffalo breath. <laughs> May yeah, a I weird
1: holy man tape your sister shut? Well, that that's that's a whole nother discussion. May a crazed pole vaulter slip under your sister's dress? No, when I would the Google just happened to show up on the screen. No, typically I will type it into the address bar. I'm not that dumb. I don't know. You typed AOL.com into the Google yeah. bar. Well, that's because the Google bar was on the screen. Right. But the address the If the bar Google was bar the wasn't top, on the screen, then I wouldn't have typed it in. I would have typed it into the address on the top. But the address bar was at the top. It's always at the top. Well, but uh, that's fine. But the Google was right there for you. So if Google is already on the screen, then it's just as quick as going to the address bar, correct? A- if you want to help Coach Am I wrong? out with his
0: internet surfing, eight eighty eight four wait, six whoa, three sixty seven. I'm
1: taking a bad taking a bad rap here. If there's no Google bar Okay. You go to the address bar, type in my AOL to get my mail. Well, you type but in AOL.com. Whatever. Yeah. But if the Google bar is already on the screen for some reason, is it not just as quick to type into the Google bar now as, as to the address bar? If you, if
0: you want to be technical, it's actually slower, and here's why. It's what? It, it's slower. If you, slower? Yes. If you typed in AOL.com into the address bar and yeah. hit OK, it would take you directly to AOL.com. Why wouldn't if it? If you type Google? in AOL into the Google bar and hit Google search, mm-hmm. it'll show you a search page of all the different AOL things, and then you have to click AOL.com. So technically speaking, you're saving a step by typing it directly into the address. Mark. Ladies Am I wrong? and
1: gentlemen, for computer expertise and for uh, all your Googleology needs, <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Burnfield is available after the show. Just uh, guy. email us at mike2guys at AOL.com. His rates are uh, very, very... Inexpensive. He does quality work. The only problem is you have to listen to his annoying sports talk while he works.
0: <laughs> Which I apologize to everybody for having yeah. to do.
1: Yeah. All right. Give me a quick prediction. Break it down. Alabama, Texas tonight. Who's doing the game? ABC? ABC, Musburger and Herb Street. Love them.
0: Yes. They Brent are Musburger. fantastic. We, we
1: were talking about the announcer start of the show. Brent Musburger. Oh, I mean, I know. And
0: Kirk Herb He's Street a little is aged, great.
1: but he has aged just Fine. He is still outstanding. Kirk Herbstreit is very good. Yes. The only thing I don't like with Musburger is when he calls him Herbie.
0: Everybody calls him Herbie, though. Well,
1: the Herbie thing needs to go a little bit, but uh, I love Musburger and Herbstreit. A great uh, addendum.
0: They are. They are a great team, and uh, I think the line is four. Alabama favored by four tonight. And um, I- I've heard some people pick Alabama already, and if it was my dad, he would say, Oh, well, I'm taking Texas because they're the underdog, and he, think- he has this warped view that the underdog always wins. I think that Alabama is going to win, and I I would love to see Texas win. I'm rooting for Texas. I really like Colt McCoy. I really think he's a likable person. I think that Mac Brown is an extremely likable coach. I really like Texas. I would love to see them win. I think they'd be the the nicer story. But Nick Saban, despite the fact that he's a smug jerk, is a great coach. (laughs) And I think that, you know... Mark Ingram, obviously, is a great back. They have a great defense, a lot better defense than Texas, in my opinion. And I just think that, you know, even though Greg McElroy isn't the necessarily the best quarterback, I, I believe that I read that he has not lost a game in high school or college as, as a quarterback. And to me, that's really kind of a scary statistic. He's just a winner. And, you know, if Alabama can play the way they've played all season with the stifling defense and a good running game, they have the formula to win. So I would take Alabama, but I really hope Hook'em Horns can come through with the mm-hmm. win tonight. What do you call Nick Saban? A smug jerk, because that's what he oh, is. Wow.
1: He is a... He I I'm to go a, out real quick to line number six, and welcome in the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, Nick Saban, joining us here at two guys and a mic. Nick, how are you? Say hi to my good friend Jordan Burnfield.
0: I won't say hi because I'm a <laughs> smug jerk, and I like to wear... Straw hats, Uh, because I think I'm Bobby Bowden and Bear Bryant, and I am rude to the media, and I always renege on where I'm going in mm-hmm. terms of my job, and I'm just not a nice guy. Except for the blind side, he actually showed personality, allegedly, yeah, like for three that. minutes. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've heard nice. that's, that the personality was extracted with the scalpel yeah. from Nick Saban for three minutes a in the blind quality side. quality acting debut by Nick Saban. I saw the movie, I was shocked.
1: We had a little cameo from Saban, from uh, Phil Fulmer, the ex-Tennessee coach, and Lou.
0: Lou Holtz. I, I love, have you ever watched the Dr. Lou segment on ESPN? <laughs> yeah. Is there a better segment than Dr. Lou? Oh, he's man. got the speech problem now. You can't even understand anything he's saying, but he's yeah. so fun, <laughs> and you just love Lou Holtz. I love him. Big uh, fan.
1: We are going to take a quick break. Anybody, anybody out there excited about a national championship game tonight talks of Alabama and Texas. 888 463 6748. You can email us at mike 2 guys at com. Coming up a little bit in the show, we jump off the sports page. Our interns, our hardworking intern staff here, under the tutelage, the direction of producer extraordinaire David Olson, have searched through church bulletins, church bulletins if you can believe that, and found some of the humorous things from church bulletins. Uh, can we also talk about uh, Agent Zero later? I don't know what Agent Zero is, but if you got it, we'll talk about it. It's his IQ. Quick break. Back in a minute. Talkzone.com. Don't you go anywhere.
0: Open for your calls on two guys in a mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone. All right, welcome
1: back, talkzone.com. Again, I'm trying to uh, hold the voice back a little bit, JB, so I'm going with a little more mellow conversation. I've been
0: contacted. It is. I feel like there should be some, like, Jack Johnson music playing in the background. Yeah, I, and... I, I just can't uh, can't
1: exert the enthusiasm. I feel fine. Yeah, just the voice is a little shot. I'm coaching a lot of basketball games this weekend. I got to announce a high school game, so I'm trying to save my voice. So I'm apologize well, if I sound a little mellow for sports talk. I've been contacted by a couple of smooth jazz stations here in Chicago, yeah, and they'd like to hire me to uh, as a lead-in to a uh, Ramsey Wilson.
0: I was just gonna Ramsey, say Ramsey Lewis. The show has a much more mellow feel today. It's like Call in and listen to us with our yeah. smooth tones. Talk about sports. Yeah. You
1: know what? Though whatever listen- else
0: we got going on, and we're going to play some very melodic guitar <laughs> music for your enjoyment today. Yeah. Texas's running game
1: or Alabama's defense? Let's think about it while we
0: listen to a little Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Out of sight, my man. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Well, and some Rod Burgundy is always accepted too. My <laughs> compelling and rich. <laughs> Monday's show where I had like zero voice at all and
1: I was practically whispering and God, yeah. thank our outstanding producer David Olson who does the work of nine men, um, cranked my voice up and I listened back to it expecting to you know to make to hear it sound so bad and you know what, not bad. No. Without tooting my own horn, I think I do mellow pretty well.
0: Yeah, you did a very nice, mellow job. And yeah. I think. Yeah, you don't have to be mellow. Get, Your voice is fine. We're going to get some saxophones and we're going to get some nice big cellos and we're going to start up a band here <laughs> on thetalkzone.com.
1: 888-463-6748. You called him Agent
0: Zero? Or Agent I Zero. I no idea nickname. what you were you talking never about. you ever heard his nickname? I Gilberto really Arias? haven't.
1: I really haven't. He's an outstanding player, but obviously he's been in the news. Another athlete. In just a wee bit of trouble, Gilbert Arenas, and apparently David Stern, the wizard of the NBA, has spoken.
0: Yes, he has suspended Arenas for the rest of the, or indefinitely. Oh, no! So it may be the rest of the season, we don't know, we don't know how long that is, it's an open-ended suspension without pay, Uh, and one of the funny things that Stern said is that Arenas is not fit to wear a uniform in an NBA game right now, and considering the fact that, A, he brought an arsenal of guns into the locker room, B, he pointed one at his teammate, C, he showed no remorse whatsoever except for his pre-prepared lawyer statements that did so, D, he mocked everybody by pointing his fingers as if they were guns in the starting lineup run a few nights ago, um, you know, as sort of a mocking gesture, and then E, He also, in the media, his comments were he didn't think he did anything wrong. It was just a joke. He thinks everybody's, you know, make, blowing this out of proportion. I mean, I'm really struggling to find a bigger idiot in the universe right now than Gilbert Arenas. Like, I I think that there, you could make the argument that there are people who are as big an idiot as Gilbert Arenas, but I'm not sure that you can make the argument that there is a Mm -hmm. bigger idiot in the universe currently. Then one agent yeah. zero Gilbert Arenas. I hate to call anybody an idiot. Uh, hesitate well, what to do would you call Especially somebody one. who is pointing
1: guns at his teammates in well, the locker room? I would say his the his actions, his actions. It's just almost unfathomable how a uh, I think a somewhat intelligent Gilbert Arenas could actually be storing three guns.
0: In his locker. Now his story was- Was he that showing he was... intelligence by mocking people, by thinking he didn't do anything wrong, by thinking that gun violence no, 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 is no, not he anything... anything- No, he didn't know. Only his prepared lawyer statement said so. If you listen to his comments that came out of his mouth, In the media, he was completely defiant about it. Completely, well, I don't think I did anything wrong. I was just making a joke. I don't know why anybody has a problem with it. I think David Stern is the only person I'm worried about. I'm not even worried about the authorities. I mean, you're like, how could somebody get it less than Gilbert Arenas? I mean, just because you have a high-paid attorney, because you're a rich athlete, doesn't show any sign of intelligence in my mind. I think it's absolutely fair to call him an idiot, and I will call him an idiot again. There it is, Jordan Burnfield speaking out on two guys in a Mike Gilbert arena's.
1: Uh, his explanation was it not? And again, this might have been you know thought up after the fact that he was trying to get the guns out of the house
0: to protect his was it kids. That's what he says. But first of all, why do you have this many guns? Second of all, if you're a rich athlete who can afford anything and you feel afraid that you're in danger, then why not hire a bodyguard? Absolutely. Third, if you have guns, okay, why would you then, if you're not going to keep them in your house because you're allegedly protecting your kids, is it now okay to put your team and your workplace in danger I mean, is this the, is this the thought process of an intelligent person? Well, I'm not gonna loaded. keep them in my house. Uh, allegedly, they were unloaded. Maybe one of them was loaded, but he says that they were unloaded. Mm-hmm. Still, it is a dangerous move on his part to bring guns into a locker room and jokingly or otherwise be pointing them at people that you don't intend to kill. Okay? That's stupid. That is idiot behavior. That is behavior of someone who is incapable of logical and rational thought. By the way, the other player, uh,
1: correct me if I'm wrong, Jarvis Criterion, uh, Crittenton. also. Crittenton. Who? Crittenton. Him, too, also yeah. will pulled out a gun. Well, right? he pulled
0: out one of Arenas'
1: guns, I, <laughs> I believe.
0: I <laughs> mean, Arenas has an arsenal. He didn't like have his own, so he pulled
1: the gun I said, excuse me, Gilbert, can I borrow one of yours? Yeah, thank you. All right, man. Get out of my face. Yeah, I mean, it's like So he borrowed have- Arenas' gun to take- point the gun at him. I, I, allegedly, oh, that was the, one of
0: Arenas's guns. Allegedly. Now, I, I could be wrong about that. Maybe he was, maybe he's mm-hmm. got his own arsenal in the Wizards locker room. I want to know why the Wizards didn't do anything about this. They had to have known that there were guns in the locker room. I think that the Wizards franchise should be severely penalized for this. And I think David Stern did the right thing. I don't think that I would have any plans to bring Arenas back into the NBA for a while. You've already got a league that fairly or unfairly is classified as a thug league with a bunch of thugs and a bunch of rich, uneducated athletes that don't think and get into trouble a lot and do a lot of things that are ill-advised. And then you have this, okay? You have two players on the same team pointing guns at each other and an old-fashioned cowboy draw in the locker room. Joke or not, it's not a joke. Gun violence is not a joke. And especially gun violence among, you know, African American men. I mean, think about the think about the example that Arenas is setting. It's just so stupid in so many ways mm-hmm. that Gilbert Arenas would think that this could even be an attempt at humor. It just, you know, I, I think David Stern is exactly right to suspend him with an open ended suspension. And if I were him, I would keep him at least out for the rest of the season. Yeah, I we would.
1: read the Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sun Daily mm-hmm. Herald newspaper, whatever the newspaper it is that you prefer to read here in the Chicago area and I'm sure our listeners uh, in in big cities at least across our vast listening audience feel free to hit the laugh track here in Chicago it's <laughs> it's literally almost every day sometimes twice a day sadly enough where you read about some tragic drive by shooting right. some senseless killing and uh yeah and again I don't want to get the whole argument of our athletes role models or not but your point is well right. taken there especially with that as a precedent it, I'll give Gilbert Arena's two other words of recent vintage Two words to think about,
0: Plaxico Burris. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not like this stuff doesn't happen all the time. It happens all the time, and these athletes think they're invincible. And furthermore, I don't want to get into a whole political discussion, Mm -hmm. but to me, this is further proof why people don't need to carry guns. I mean, when the Constitution was written and the Bill of Rights said people had the right to bear firearms, that was in a different time. Okay, it was a totally different time than it is now. Okay, people don't need to be carrying around firearms. There is no reason, no reason why Gilbert Arenas needs to be in possession of all these guns. Mm -hmm. Just as there was no reason why Tank Johnson needed to be in possession of an arsenal in, in Glencoe or a Gurney or wherever he lived. It's just not needed. And these athletes do not need to be carrying guns. And if they feel that they are in danger, like we said before, get a damn bodyguard. You have all the money in the world. Get yourself a bodyguard. They will protect you. You have the money, unlike many people, to protect yourself in extra careful ways that not everybody can. So get a bodyguard if you feel that you're in danger. Don't be carrying guns into the workplace or into the locker room. There was a a, a story just a couple of days ago, I think it happened, just to give you an
1: example of how uh, unbelievably senseless slash sad these stories can be. There was a a, a young lady, fairly young, ex-husband who had been trying to get, they were married for like 15 years, Right. had been divorced for three years, trying to get back to get, the husband was. And she was continuing to say, no, it is over, it is over. Apparently he bought her a Christmas present. She said, I don't want it, returned it on his doorstep. He then threatened her. He then threatened, literally, threatened via the phone. I think she even put on speakerphone, where somebody else was in the room so they could hear it, that I am going to kill you. Yeah. So she was fearing for her life, and she was out at a shopping center. I think, and uh, and uh asked for a hotel or one of the mall security, and it wasn't Kevin
0: James. It was not Paul Blart, it Mall It was Cop. not
1: Paul Blart, Mall Cop, but she asked for security to walk out to the car, and she even told her current boyfriend when she had left the house earlier in the day, hey, I might not be coming back. He's going to try to kill me. And sure enough, the, well, the, the, the uh, mall security guy walks her out to the car, makes sure everything's fine. She's in the car. The mall security guy, true story. You know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't heard this story. The mall security guard starts walking back to the mall. He gets about uh, maybe 30 seconds away, halfway back to the front doors, and this guy takes another car and crashes it into her car to pin her in, gets out of the car with the handgun that you so much want confiscated, shoots her four times, and she's dead. It was like she knew this guy was going to get her, and there was nothing she could do about
0: it. Again, senseless, sad. The guy's already turned himself in, so he's going to be. It just it's. It, there's no reason for it. There is no reason. I cannot think of a reason. You know, if you want to go hunting in the woods and the in rural areas in the United States. Mm-hmm then you can get some government-licensed thing so that you can go out and you can do your hunting for a couple hours, and then you return that gun and be done with it. But I just don't know why regular civilians need to carry them around. I just think it's, it only leads to disaster. It never turns out to be anything good. See, but the pro-gun advocates would say, well, if that woman in the car yep. had a gun, that never would have happened. Yeah, well, so she then could they have then they'd both herself. be dead. It's, then, like,
1: it's like on the uh, you know, airplane security, give everybody a gun.
0: Right. And then, then you
1: won't have any terrorists on the airplane. Right, so yeah, then they'd you know. both
0: be dead. That's the problem. Huh? Then they'd both be dead. If she had a gun, she'd shoot him, he'd shoot her, they'd both be dead. And then there'd be two guns laying on the ground mm-hmm. next to two dead people. It's just not, I just think it's not smart at Anybody all. Anybody from the NRA out there, you want to talk Alabama-Texas, yeah. feel free to give us a <laughs> yeah, call. Yeah, That's a really good segue. 888 <laughs> <laughs> 67- 463
1: Hi, it's a Bobby from Bowling Brook here. I think Alabama's going to win by two. Now tell that son of a gun who doesn't want guns that I'm going to come over to his.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a perfect segue. Oh, and and, and a uh,
1: football right into yeah. guns. I'll now hang up and listen for my answer. And I hope Texas's defense comes through.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a great that is a great segue. I mean, it's just you know it yeah. it it's just, just a laughing, sad thing. but it's a, it's a very sad. No, scene. it is. Now uh, let's move on to something more positive because yeah. I don't want to be the beacon of negativity anymore. Yeah. All right,
1: eight 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 four 888-463-6748. The phone number. We're going to take a quick break. J B Jordan <laughs> Burfield. He's young. He's single, he's extremely eligible. Ladies, one thing that
0: can we can guarantee you, if you go out with him, he will not have a handgun with him. No guns. But you might get two tickets to the gun show if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at mike2guys at AOL.com. I'm
1: the coach. He's not two guys at a Mike.com. Ron, stop calling your arms guns. Back at about thirty eight seconds. Don't go anywhere.
0: To two guys and a mic. Your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone.
1: Yeah, and welcome back, TalkZone.com. I said 38 seconds. I wasn't exaggerating too much, huh? JB and the coach it was with 37.2. Bad job. Eh, close enough. National Championship Thursday, big game tonight. you got the Gilbert Arena scandal, NBA basketball, NHL hockey. You want to talk some hockey? We are right here for you, by the Very way. speaking original of original
0: Sixer tonight. Huh? Blackhawks and Bruins. I
1: was going to say, speaking of hockey, uh, we don't get to flex our sports muscles, sports ego too much here in the city of Chicago, at least in uh, recent decades. <laughs> Forget about recent years, recent decades, occasionally. 85 Bears, you know the Chicago Bowl championship teams were great, but overall not a great lineage of success. Our Chicago Blackhawks this year.
0: Oh man, are they good? Thirty and ten. Thirty, ten and three. That's not bad. They are outstanding. I mean, we should and cue, cue the here come the Hawks. I mean, they are just a fantastic team. In my opinion, they're the best team in the in the National Hockey League. I don't really think it's that close. To be honest with you, I mean New Jersey and Washington and Pittsburgh and San Jose. are... Are all really good teams, but the Hawks are the deepest team. They're the best team. They have the most firepower. And there's even rumors that the Blackhawks could end up with an Ilya Kovalchuk before the trade deadline. And if they were to land him, to put this in in regular sports terms for for our people that uh, are Ilya who Ilya Kovalchuk for those people who may not know much about Kovalchuk hockey Chuck last year. Well, that's I'm, that's I unfortunate for you. Took a couple
1: of uh, medicine tablets and I made sure it was kept moist and I went away in a couple of weeks.
0: Well, that's good. But uh, who's they, Ilya Kovalchuk? Ilya Kovalchuk is the uh, assassin left winger. Speaking of guns, he is a left winger for the Atlanta Thrashers. Wow. Who who really? And I talked to some people yesterday who know a lot more hockey than I do. Even though I'm back into hockey and mm-hmm. I and I like to think that I know a lot more about hockey than I did before. And they were saying to me, it would be the equivalent of, you know, the New York Yankees acquiring the best slugger that's not on the Yankees mm-hmm. mid-season. It would be like the Matt, Yankees, Matt, getting, Matt Holiday. Yeah, it would be like the Yankees getting Matt Holiday in the middle of the season, or something equivalent to that. That he's a star star type player. I mm-hmm. mean, real superstar type player. Kovalchuk. One person told me yesterday is a top five player in the National Hockey League. This season he's got, I think, 26 goals and 22 assists, and how which exactly... would already put him, It wouldn't be the most points in the team because Patrick Kane right now has six most points in the NHL. But Kovalchuk is one of the top goal scorers in the league, and if they were to able to acquire him, they'd have to give up two or three pieces. That was
1: my question. Yeah. The Blackhawks are not exactly the New York Yankees. Uh, how exactly do we get the Matt Holiday of NHL hockey?
0: Well, I think what would happen is, at least from the rumor sites and the, and the reports that I've read, is that because the Blackhawks are in cap trouble at the end of the year, and the, the NHL salary cap is coming down, for the Blackhawks to be able to get them, they would probably have to trade away two, maybe three contracts that they currently have to Atlanta, oh, well, right, and then you. Kovalchuk would come here for the rest of the season. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, but I'm assuming the guys that we would give away are current starters? Well yeah, probably like Christopher Stieg or a Cam wow. Barker or no, those I mean, are those are key pieces. They are but they're not the core necessarily of the team. You know, you're not giving away a Taves or a Kane or a Sharp mm-hmm. or a Hosa or a right. you know any of the goalies. We'd be talking about guys who are good but not the best players. You get Kovalchuk in here, he's gone at the end of the year, you resolve your cap problem but maybe you win yeah. the cup at the end of the season. Jordan
1: Burnfield getting greedy, folks. We're 30-10, best record in the NHL, and all of a sudden he wants to pick up the number 5 player, one of the top five players in the league That's NHL. what we've
0: been hearing. It'd be really cool. The you NHL, to... so the National Hockey of League, is that what we're calling it, then? <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk some hockey with us, we are right here for you,
1: 888-463-6748. If we don't know who Ilya Kovacek is, we'll look it up and... <laughs> We'll try to sound intelligent. At least one of the two of us does know. Yes. Uh, also, we should mention real quick, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes. Voting was the yesterday. The real Only Hawk. one player made it. A couple were very close. Yes. Kudos to Bert Blylevin, or as Chris Berman would call him, Bert Be Home by 11. Yeah. He came, I think, like what,
0: four votes short? Five votes short. Five yes. votes but short. He'll get in next year, hopefully. So that, that, that I mean, okay. he should have been in a long time ago, mm-hmm. in my opinion. The guy's a Hall of Famer, if you ask me. He should be in next year. And then Robbie Alomar coming very close. In his first time. Right, and he'll get in next year. The whole first ballot argument is a joke. These baseball writers are a bunch of buffoons the way they handle this stuff. But the bottom line is Dawson deserved to be in. Mm. He's now in. Bly Levin and and, uh, Alomar should get in next year. And now the people that think that the, the man that's named Ken Harrelson, who calls baseball on the south side of town here, is the hawk. No, the real hawk is the man named Andre Dawson who is now going into the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Sit back, relax, strap it down. A hawk, the hawk, is the man who had 400 home runs, 300 stolen bases, and now a Hall of Famer who will likely go into the Hall of Fame wearing the very Mm -hmm. bizarrely labeled hat of the Les Expo Who are obviously a defunct baseball team now, but I was surprised by the way to find out that the players
1: and any listeners out there, you want to uh, check in, talk about the baseball hall of fame, who made it, who didn't, who should have, who shouldn't have. Uh, 888-463-6748. Mike two guys. That's MIC number two. Mike two guys at AOL.com. I think we all agree of all the hall of fame's basketball. Football is pretty cool. Baseball. There is something truly, truly special about it. I don't know if the. The young kids feel that. I hope that they do, but boy, the Baseball Hall of Fame, I think we all agree. Because I think the Baseball we all Hall agree.
0: of Fame is, it, A, it has the most tradition, and B, it's the most exclusive club. Yes. I mean, in the NBA and the NFL, and I'm not trying to knock the two Hall of Fames, but you can be a really good player for a long time and get into the Hall of Fame and the NFL or an NBA and not truly be one of the greatest of great. Mm-hmm. The fact that there are a lot of people out there, ironically, he's now on one of our TV screens in the studio... That people that think Kurt Warner is a Hall of Famer, to me, it's one of the most asinine things in sports. Good player for a short stretch of time. Not at all, in my opinion, a Hall of Fame NFL player. But most experts out there think he is. In baseball, a guy like Kurt Warner would never, ever get into the Hall of Fame. To be in the Hall of Fame in baseball, you truly have to be Mm -hmm. one of the greatest players ever to play the game. I mean, there are no guys in the Hall of Fame other than maybe a couple, like a Bill Mazeroski, who really just had one big moment in his major league career. There's a lot of guys. There's I was saying that there are very few guys in baseball's Hall of Fame that don't really, 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 really deserve to be there. And and to me, that's, I think, a commentary on the fact that Burt Blylevin hasn't gotten in yet or that Robbie Alomar didn't get in on the first vote or that there's no unanimous – you know, other than – or Babe Ruth was – You no, Babe Ruth wasn't a unanimous. There's never been a unanimous vote mm-hmm. for the Hall of Fame, which is stupid. But the point is, is that it's a really, really exclusive club, mm-hmm. and that's one of the great things about it. So when you see a guy like the Hawk get in there, good for him because he deserves to be there, and he is truly one of the greats of the game. Not only one of the greats of the game, but Andre Dawson,
1: truly one of the uh, classiest. Yes. One of the genuinely nicest guys to ever play the game. Great defender, great base runner, uh, five-tool player. Right. And, and not like some of the current athletes, he was not the six-tool, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I mean, he, he had a great attitude to go along with his ability. It took him a while to get in, and I think he's not like a first-ballot guy, but a great all-around player, and more importantly, he just what a classy, classy, classy individual
0: absolutely and and one of the things that I actually heard this coming in on the radio while I was driving in today and I thought this was an interesting point and and Dawson to me you know like you said coach fantastically classy and always been a great guy very stoic figure but I heard a host say this morning on the radio that you know a guy's personality shouldn't matter in terms of the Hall of Fame that if he's a nice guy that's fine but that shouldn't help or hurt his chances of getting into the hall. Because what only should matter is his resume as a player For should be what he what puts him in or not. And I think it's an interesting point because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people that have been in the Hall of Fame and some people that are not in the Hall of Fame, one of the biggest problems or one of the biggest pitfalls for them not being in the Hall of Fame is their personality. I think nicer guys tend to get a lot more votes and that the not-so-nice guys or the jerkier guys or the guys who've had off-the-field issues – don't get it now. Don't misconfuse this as me saying that guys who did steroids, because that is that is a that is cheating on the field. I mean, if you're a bad guy but you didn't cheat, I mean, you should still get into the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Fame of personality; it's the Hall of Fame as player. Are the voters machines, computers, or humans?
1: Humans. If the voters are humans, the attitude and the way they treated people, right or wrong, it's going to make it shouldn't make a big difference, but.
0: When things are close, I think it can be a small factor. It it can be. I think you're right. But but his point was, and what I tend to agree with is, it really shouldn't be theoretically. I mean, it really shouldn't matter, even though it does. It shouldn't matter what a guy's personality was, so long as he wasn't a cheater, so long as he didn't do something to disgrace himself as a player. Mm -hmm. You know, if he's not a nice guy, well... You know, if he still had the numbers and still was one of the greatest players of his generation, he should probably—or st- not—he should not probably—he should still be in the Hall of Fame, regardless of the fact that he might have been a surly person or a bad guy. Hmm. That's just—I I heard that coming in, and I—and I do believe that—that to be true. I hmm. think that that Dawson, though, on the contrary, was as good a guy as ever. And if you listen to remember Ryan Sandberg's speech in 2005 when he was elected to the Hall of Fame, and I—and I—and he. You know, for for those of you who may or may not remember, it was really one of the most amazing speeches for a Hall yeah. of Fame induction from a guy
1: who, as a player,
0: was a very quiet you guy. You could barely get a quote right. from him. It was a phenomenal speech. It was an incredible. It was like the, the speech. ghost of Jimmy Valvano took over Ryan it, it was. It was an incredible, incredible speech, and you remember when he talked about Dawson and. What a fantastic teammate he was and what, and how he was one of the greatest that there ever was and that hopefully one day Dawson would join Rhino in the Hall of Fame and now he is and that's a really nice thing. And the other thing about Dawson is some people will look at his numbers and say that they aren't quite as great as some of the other guys who have played recently. Well, Dawson didn't do it on steroids. Many of the guys that are, that now have better numbers than him did. A and B, Andre Dawson had two destroyed knees for the, for the majority. Of his career, and still stole 300 bases in his career. Still was until the knee problems took yeah, over looked, him, and he really couldn't run anymore. Really couldn't move anymore. He looked like the black Kirk Gibson the last couple of years running around the bases. Right, he was. But but my point is is that before the knee injuries really yeah. took over him, he was a really great stolen base threat. Oh, yeah, and and he was a guy who on bad knees was such a strong and powerful and talented mm-hmm. hitter that he was still knocking 40 bombs out of the ballpark. Every Probably day. the second best set of quadriceps that I've ever seen on a baseball
1: player, too. Yeah. I mean, he was—he had a great physique on him. Yvonne Jesus, you remember him? Yes, I do. The hey, he's Cubs. one of the
0: Cubs' uh, base coaches. Tremendous pair of quadriceps. And I've never noticed his quadriceps. Oh, come on. But I noticed... Surely you just i maybe I need to look more at his I mean, quadriceps. I you don't give know. me the calf muscles of a Mark
1: Pryor, the quadriceps of an Andre Dawson, and the left batuckle region of a Kurt Schilling.
0: See, and now, I'm, a, not, I'm not looking at the buttocks. I'll be a region. happy man. Not looking at the buttocks region. Speaking uh, of another guy who should not be a Hall of Famer, Kurt Schilling. Kurt, Kurt Schilling uh, should not hey, be a Hall of Famer. Hey, real quick, too, I alluded to the fact. I, a lot maybe, of people disagree with me on that. Though. Maybe I got
1: this info wrong, but I always thought the player could choose. Which cap or which uniform that he They used to be able to. Wear. They
0: cannot now. The Baseball Hall of Fame so, has created a rule where they they now decide. So I think he'll probably go in as an expo because yeah. 11 years of his career were with the expo. Six with the Cubs. Six with the Cubs. It would but be nice to see him wearing the But do you find it odd the that the blue. player cannot choose himself? But well, what was odd. the reasoning behind making the switch? I'd be curious to know. I don't know. I honestly don't know the reason for that. But I, I would like to see. Call Nick Saban, the head coach, University of Alabama, Dave, and let's find out. Yeah. Or Nick Saban knows all. Or at least ask, <laughs> ask Nick Saban and he'll tell you he knows all. He's not a nice guy. Listen, he's not a nice guy. He's a great coach. Yeah. But a fantastic coach. Yeah,
1: well, he called up during not your nice uh, anti-gun tirade. And said you're he doesn't have time for it now. He's playing Texas for the national championship. But he tonight. said that when he gets back well, to the shoot young, me. the young gun with the big mouth is completely off his rocker and he's going to uh maybe come on the show tomorrow to set you straight. He's gonna come and shoot me with his Oh no, no 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 come on.
0: Yeah, I'll don't put not. that on
1: a Nick Saber. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Real quick, uh David Olson and our fine intern staff have put together apparently they went on a little field trip. Did they? During the winter season uh to various churches in the Chicago area. And you know how the churches have their little church bulletins. Yeah. And there's always little comments and uh, uh, bulletins, little notices that are in the church newsletters. Well, apparently they pulled out some of the more humorous ones. And okay. most of these are not, matter of fact, almost all of them, they're not intentionally humorous. But these are true. These are actual true things that were in church bulletins newsletters. newsletters.
0: Um, this is sort of like that uh, Jay Leno segment yeah yeah like the where he finds the funny things written in the newspaper.
1: The fasting and prayer conference will include meals. <laughs> the sermon this morning, Jesus walks on water. The sermon tonight will be searching for Jesus. <laughs> these are true ones now not made up by our staff these these are ones from actual church bullets. Our youth basketball team is back in action Wednesday at eight pm. in the recreation hall. Come out and watch us kill Christ the King. <laughs> Kill Christ wow. the
0: King. Wow. Oh, my God.
1: Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Don't forget to bring your husbands.
0: Oh, oh my God. The
1: peacemaking meeting scheduled for today has been canceled due to a conflict.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Uh, Some of these are good. Huh? Some of these are good. Well, our, you know, our intern staff siphons through and picks out the best one. For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. Oh, God. The rector will preach his farewell message, after which the choir will sing, breathe forth into joy. Oh. A bean supper will be held on Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music will follow.
0: That one That that one wasn't as good. The eight, interns could do better on that one. Eight, well, if you watch
1: Blazing Saddles, I think you'd get that one.
0: I, I've seen Blazing
1: Saddles. I get eight. it, but... Eight new choir robes are currently due to the addition of several
0: new members and to the deterioration of several older ones.
1: That's not so good.
0: Yeah. The Blazing Saddles one, though, was lame because they tried too hard to be like Blazing Saddles.
1: Potluck supper Sunday, 5 o'clock. Prayer and meditation will follow. The ladies of the church have cast off clothing of every kind. They may be seen in the basement on Friday. (laughs) Wow. Do we have more of these? This evening at 7 p.m., there'll be a hymn singing in the park across from the church, Bring a Blanket and Come Prepared to Sin. They forgot to put the G at the end.
0: Oh, well, come prepared to sin. Bring a blanket and
1: come prepared to sin. See, one letter. It's amazing how much one letter can make a difference. The pastor would appreciate it if the ladies of the congregation would lend him their electric girdles for the pancake breakfast next Sunday. See there again. One letter out of place. Yeah. He meant to say griddles. Yes. But the ladies are instead donating their girdles. Well, the the one one
0: letter thing. I was once driving in the highway out of the city, and there's a Home Depot off the highway, and the was still lit, and pot was still lit, and so the home and the D E of Depot were not lit or were not lit. So I was like, oh, I always wondered where you get the pot. (laughs) Apparently, you get it right over there. Uh, Low self-esteem group. The low self-esteem group
1: will be meeting Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. (laughs) The 8th graders will be presenting Shakespeare's Hamlet in the church basement Friday at 7. The congregation is invited to attend this real tragedy. Weight Watchers. Oh, here we go. Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. in the First Presbyterian Church. Please use the large double doors at the side entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, <laughs> oh, nicely done. I want to thank our intern staff. Six of the nine, by the way, no longer part of our staff. They moved on to higher paid jobs. Jordan.
0: Yeah, I heard that a few of our interns got fired. That's it's really... unbelievable.
1: We can't hold on. We we hire them or we bring them in. You know, many interns work as you well know. You were an intern. I was. Intern, I, intern, your turn, my turn. Yes. At the
0: WGN, it's a, a lot of work. Great experience, but as far as pay. Not so good. Well, see, I got paid to be an intern at WGN. The interns now don't get paid. I was actually think I think the last intern to get paid. Really? But I didn't get paid much. Mm-hmm. But it was a nice little stipend during the summer in college, you know, to get a little money to. Yeah, you know, it's great
1: experience intern. for you. Now, you know when you're on your like your ninth year and they tell you you're still on your internship, you might get the feeling that maybe that they're, they're using you a little bit.
0: Yeah, at that, that point it's it's not so good. But uh no, I mean no, I did two internships in this town where I did not get paid. <laughs> And then oh, I gotta, uh, this internship I
1: did. I, I got to read one more. The associate minister of the
0: church unveiled the church's
1: new campaign slogan. Last Sunday, I upped my pledge. Now up yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's outstanding. 888-463-6748. JB and the coach with you for about three or four more minutes. Here's still time to sneak in a couple of calls. National Championship Thursday, Jordan, if I can conclude your analysis of the big game, Alabama-Texas. If you didn't join us early, we kind of all agreed that the excitement level is not as high as it should be because it's so late in the season, but still, you got to get juiced up. It's the big game, it's the national championship, two undefeated teams. I believe you said that you think Alabama will win, but you're rooting for the Hook'em Horn.
0: Yes, I am, and uh, a good friend of mine is a huge Texas fan. I'm also rooting for Texas so that he lives past tonight because (laughs) I'm a little nervous for him if they don't win. But, uh no, I, I just think that, you know, there's a lot of things to like about Texas. I mean, Colt McCoy is a nice kid, it looks like. Jordan Shipley seems like a really nice kid. A lot of these other kids on their team look like they're nice kids. And, and furthermore, I think Mac Brown is a very likable coach. I really like Mac Brown. I've always liked him. I've always said that you know if I had to pick a school to go to, if I were a big time college football recruit, that Mac Brown would be on my very 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 short list mm-hmm. of coaches that I'd want to play for. And I just don't think that Nick Saban is a likable guy. Like I said, I, I just don't think he's somebody you want to root for i mean i think that the alabama football program is certainly traditionally a great program it's a nice story if they win the national championship you know I, they, they I think were off for
1: for a while and uh, uh, when we say a while not three four years no yeah well, and when i was while. your age or significantly young when i first started following college football like age nine maybe through age 20 so for 10 to 15 years Bear Bryant and beyond, I mean, they were a powerhouse. They were elite. They were sort of like Texas is now, a fairly dominant team. I mean, not like winning national championships every year, but Texas has been top ten for like 15 years in a row. Alabama was one of the great programs, but they
0: slipped for a long time. They did, and I think that uh, it's a credit to Nick Saban that they've yeah. been brought back. I mean bringing he's bringing
1: in Mike Shula to turn around the Alabama Crimson Tide program. I was like,
0: Mike Shula? Then they brought in Mike Price, who was doing all that. Yeah. Stuff down there. Good coach, great coach. Just had a uh, had slight some, drinking problem. Yeah, had some off the off the field yeah. issues, and so the way, they the, got rid of him.
1: One of the places I visited during my vacation was Isle Morata in the Florida Keys, and their motto is uh, Isle Morada. The T-shirts say this: "We are a drinking town with a fishing problem."
0: <laughs> that's good, that's good stuff. But uh, no, I think uh, you know that uh, it's a it's a good game. It should be a fun game, and I think that you know it would have been nice to see a boise state or somebody sneak into that game that would have made a little more interest real but, quick you know, to give game. the
1: listeners one key matchup uh, i know tech both defenses is actually underrated but if you could pick out one key matchup that might make the difference tonight real quick
0: i think that uh the alabama defense is a really really good defense i yeah. know that they have that cornerback javier arenas who's really good Rolanda McClain, I believe his name is, is that linebacker who's excellent.
1: And they got a couple of and, defensive ends who I swear are on the offensive huddle every play.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've got some really, really tough defensive line. And I, I would say that it's how the Texas offensive line is able to protect for McCoy because okay. Indominic and Sue had, and his Nebraska cohorts had nine sacks. On McCoy in the Big 12 championship. And if that mm-hmm. stuff happens again, I would think Alabama could blow him out because Beautiful. I just think McCoy is not, he's not good enough. No quarterback is good enough to get flattened like that so many times mm-hmm. and still win the game.
1: Beautiful. Jordan Birdfield, phenomenal job as always. You'll be back, God willing, uh, next week at some point. Yes, sir. Beautiful. Two guys and a mic. We thank you so much for listening. David Olson, all of our interns out there. Thank you so much. We appreciate each and every one of our listeners. Stick around. Now on Thursdays, the Youth Sports Fan Forum. It's one of our shows coming at you. It's a repeat show, but uh, you'll enjoy it. So stick around for that on TalkZone.com. Have a great day, everybody, and shovel.